Hi, welcome to Hold the Light, a show for lifelong learners who are curious about the ways we can deepen our connection to our personal and spiritual growth. I'm Lori Gunning Grossman. I'm here to hold the light for the light holders of the world. Today on the show, I'm excited to share my conversation with Jill Winterstein, founder of Spirit Daughter, a platform that empowers people around the world to design their best possible lives using astrology and spirituality. With Spirit Daughter, who has over 2.2 million followers on Instagram, Jill guides people to break through limiting beliefs and find healing and transformation. Her popular Lunar Cycle workbooks reach thousands of people worldwide each month. In our conversation, we talk about why cultivating a strong spiritual core is essential to the human experience. Jill shares what she does when she feels fear or uncertainty. We talk about why writing is such a powerful transformational tool, and she recommends the best crystals for manifesting, for creating more calm when the energy of the world feels chaotic, and for creating a feeling of balance in our homes. Also, Jill shares what she's feeling is the energy of 2024. You will love these topics we touch upon. And so here's my conversation with the wise and magical Jill Winterstein from Spirit Daughter. So my intention with this conversation is to talk about the power of cultivating and connecting with our own spiritual life, Okay. why it matters, and how we can deepen it, Okay. and how we can use tools like crystals, journaling, and affirmations to help us along this personal and spiritual growth journey. So welcome, Jill. Thank you. Okay, to start, can you talk about why cultivating a strong spiritual core is essential to the human experience? Well, I mean, I think we're spiritual beings, right? I mean, our core essence is spiritual. We're energy. And there's so much in this world that's not spiritual. And we can become distracted very easily by tons of things, fame, money, power, greed, um, Instagram likes, like there's so much that can distract us from our true spiritual nature. And so cultivating a spiritual life, spiritual practices, a spiritual center, connecting with your own spiritual and energetic centers is essential to remain connected to your true self and who you really are so that you don't become distracted by all these other different layers that permeate society. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Through your work, how do you help people learn how to deepen their spiritual life and raise their vibration? Uh, well, a lot of my work is through astrology, so I work with the current astrology. I really use it as a framework, though, and I think the, the more I get into different spaces, like writing courses, uh, writing a book, I love astrology. But for me, it's really just this blueprint. It's a framework. It's like, okay, we're in Scorpio season. Let's talk about transformation. Let's talk about personal growth. Let's talk about practices that help us uncover our shadows and integrate our shadows and become a complete self. And then we go into Sagittarius season. It's like, okay, let's take a break from all that deep, heavy shadow work and let's go into manifestation and talk about manifestation and how do we manifest things and what does that mean? And like, how do we 
we have to clear up our own vibration and connect with our true vibration so that we're emitting the frequency we need to manifest things. And so the astrology really provides us the cosmic support to work on these core topics of really being a human, being a spiritual human, you know, all of these themes of astrology, you can talk about them separate from the astrology. You can talk about manifestation any time of the year and on any day. But when we do it in Sagittarius season, we're just supported by the cosmos because the sun is in Sagittarius and that's the theme of Sagittarius. And so those energies are out there in the universe and we're more supported in understanding manifestation in ourselves and even experimenting with it during Sagittarius season. So it's like, why not get an extra help or an extra boost from, from the cosmos? Mm. We're talking about these things anyway. Let's just do them in the framework of astrology. I love it. It's co-creating. It's co-creating. Exactly. It's co-creating. It's also, um, you know, it provides a nice blueprint. Like I feel like if you really follow the Zodiac and you can go through it, you hit everything. You hit like every aspect of, of you, you know, being a human and, and your humanness and your spiritual side. So it's like, okay, like we're now in Aquarius season. We're dealing with uh, connection, community, you know, we're now in Aries season. Let's talk about motivation, new beginnings, my soul's mission, you know? So it, you just, you hit everything and it's themed and you never have to spend too much time on any one thing, because I find that especially when you're a seeker and you're involved in personal growth and evolution, you get kind of sucked into things for a really long time. And I always think it's good to like take a break, have some breathing room, you know, not just focus entirely on one thing all the time. And so speaking of spiritual growth, I know that you use the power of written word. So through your journals, you mentioned your courses. Mm -hmm. um, now you are writing a book mm -hmm. and also writing intentions and affirmations. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. why do you feel that writing is such a powerful tool? I mean, I love writing. I'm just not, I am naturally a writer. I believe that when we write our intentions down, which is what I instruct people to do through the new moon workbooks, we write intentions on the new moon. The new moon is one of the most fertile times uh, of the of the lunar cycle to write intentions and use that spark of the moon and sun coming together and use it to send our intentions out into the universe. But by writing them, you really embody them. And in writing on paper is totally different than typing. So I'm, I'm a big fan of pen to paper and, you know, writing in your journal, writing your intentions, writing your, your affirmations on sticky notes and sticking them where you can see them um, all the time. And, you know, when you write things, you just, you embody it. It's like you, you embody it in your energy, you feel it. I also communicate best through writing. I feel like I like speaking as well. That's why I do podcasts and other things. But for me, I'm just like, when I write, I go into this like clear channel where I, I'm drawing from my own knowledge, but I also feel like I'm really channeling a lot of the knowledge of the universe through, through my writing. And then do you have other spaces or places that you do your channeling, like walking along the beach, or is it mostly through writing? I think it's most, I meditate. I'm a huge meditator. I meditate every, every day. The location, like I used to be one of those people that were like, to meditate, you have to sit on your cushion in a 
upright seated posture, you know? And now that I have two kids, I'm like, ah, some days I meditate lying in bed, you know, because <laughs> I don't want to like make a peep and wake them up. You know, I just want to preserve the quietness of the morning. You know, I don't even want to walk to my meditation cushion. So, um, so yeah, I, my meditation practice varies, but I do it every day. And I, you know, I meditate. I'm, I'm a Vipassana meditator, which most people who follow me know that I've, I studied Vipassana for years. I've been to three, you know, silent retreats, 10 day sits. And, um, I find for me, I, I believe everybody has their meditation that works for them. But for me, Vipassana really, really works for me. And what is that? Vipassana is um, really observing the sensations of the body. So I don't know if you've ever done a body scan through my, mm -hmm. mindfulness-based stress reduction is based on Vipassana. Uh, and they do a lot of body scans. And the body scan is is basically Vipassana. Mm. It's, you know, it's like you're scanning your body, but you know, you're going through, you're just observing sensations and you're not reacting to anything. So if you have pain, if you have an itch, if you have a tingly, you just like observe the sensation. You observe the layer. And every time you do like a pass to the body, you can go deeper and deeper. And when you sit for 10 days in silence at a Vipassana retreat, you really can tune into those different sensations and really understand them. And it's like one layer peels like an onion, you know, and then another layer peels and another layer peels. And you just get into different sensations until you're in touch with your, with your core. You can actually feel the energy and vibration of your core. And then do you notice that when you go about your day after that, are you able to tune into your core more easily? I think so. I also just find when I meditate, I just have space. Like, mm. it's like my life is so busy yeah. and, you know, one thing happens after the other and that meditation just gives me that like buffer of space. Like even yeah. if I'm rolling into one thing or the other, it's like, it's just that moment uh, it allows me to like drop into those moments those that allow me to pause and, and feel the space. And I'm, you know, definitely not as reactive. It's like that. Mm. That's what we're all going for, right? Space between stimulus and reaction. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah. I would love to talk about another one of the tools that you do offer, crystals. I personally have many of your crystals. I love them. So, Three things I wanted to ask about specific crystals. So the best crystals for manifesting, that's number one. The best crystals for creating calm when the energy of the world feels chaotic. And then mm. the best crystal for creating a balance feeling in your home, a feeling of balance or peace within your home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love crystals. I would say for manifestation, I really like uh, trollite, which is like this blue crystal. I don't have one on my desk mm -hmm. right now. Uh, and then I, right now I'm really into charite, which is a purple crystal. We just had some on the site. It's just amazing for transformation and manifestation. Um, those are two crystals I just really love right now trollite and, and charite. Um, manifestation, also your citrine. Citrine's mm -hmm. like my go-to for everything, I have to say. I love citrine. That's why we almost always have citrine on the site. Like when we restock any crystals, it's going to be the beautiful citrine one-offs that we sell. And um, that that's great for manifestation because that's just like a clear channel. It's like liquid sunshine and mm -hmm. citrine never needs to be cleansed. So that's my, I love it because it's low maintenance, you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> I like the low maintenance crystals. I don't have to worry that they're accumulating too much negative energy or anything. Yeah. And then uh, for calming, amethyst. Amethyst is a great calming crystal. And that's why they say, you know, put that one in the bedroom because it's very calm. It calms the nervous system. Moonstone can also be very calming for the nervous system. I find that can really tap us into our intuition and just help us feel centered in ourself, which can be calming as well. And then um, maybe Celestite is very calming. I have that in both my kids' rooms to help them sleep. Mm. That's that's very calming for that like over overactive Activity, you know, when you're, you know, kids, they're so active. So that's really good to help them calm from too much activity. But I would say, you know, when the world feels crazy, grab some moonstone or an amethyst, and that'll help really calm the nervous system. You can use it during breath work too. Okay. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. And then for balancing the home, I mean, for balancing in general, I love like the watermelon tourmaline. That's great uh, just because it brings like the feminine and masculine energies together. Uh, quartz is always great for the home. Like if you need a crystal, just go to quartz, especially for the home because it can just help bring in some positivity. Rose quartz. Um, it really just depends on where you want it in the home. Uh, Jade's always nice in the home too, especially in the front door, around the front door. That can be nice. Um, Termalinated quartz, which actually I do have one of those sitting right here. Oh, it's beautiful. This one's great. I know I love these. My Scorpio moon like loves these so much. But this is like, it's like light and dark, right? Right, right. It really helps bring in positivity and clear negativity at the same time. So people can't see that right now, but we will link to it. I'll link to all this in my show notes. These are great. And uh, I imagine cut to a lot of people putting all the crystals in their homes because they're so pretty. I love them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They really can just bring in some magic in your home and they're mm-hmm. just a different type of art. And, you know, yeah. it's a, it's an energetic art. Speaking of energy, I am curious to ask you when you're feeling fear or uncertainty, when you're feeling that energy, mm-hmm. how do you move out of fear of the void? What do you do to move yourself out of fear and into a place of perhaps like trust and grounding? Well, sometimes I actually move, like just go for a run. Mm. I'm a big believer. I mean, I love yoga. I love meditation. I also love breaking a sweat. And Mm. sometimes I feel like, you know, especially when you're in fear, you know, fear is the flight or fight response. And sometimes just you need to go for a run or you need to get do some cardio, go for a bike ride, get get the energy moving because that's that's what really makes that st- like that energy stick to you is when it stagnates yeah. in the body. And so if we can't get it moving, then it can be hard to clear. So it's like sometimes you just need to move it. And, and then you can kind of get into a place where you can sit and you can meditate or you can do breath work. There's some very powerful breathing exercises that are great. Um, I love breath of fire as well for fear. Again, because it's it's not it's not so passive, you know, you're really breathing, you're pumping the belly and you're getting things going. And so I think that um, you know, those type of practices are really great. I also think aligning with the energy of surrender. And sometimes when you're in a state of fear, you just have to really ask yourself, like, 
what what can I actually control here mm. and what can I not control? Mm-hmm. And the, for the things you can't control, you just sort of, you have to just surrender. Right. There has to be an element of surrender, right? The opposite of fear is surrender. And it's like sometimes you just have to be like, I can't, I can't control anything here. I can just control how I feel and my energy. So what's going to help me feel more grounded and connected? And what's going to help me just surrender and understand that I can, I'm resilient and I can figure anything out. And whatever happens, whatever the outcome happens, if you're afraid of a certain situation, just trust in yourself to be able to know the answers when you need to know them. Mm-hmm. And then do you trust in following the signs and synchronicities? Are you someone who's led by that? I I do. I do trust in following signs and synchronicities. I trust my intuition more so than anything. Mm. Like, and that's what I guide people to do. I really think that above anything, like your intuition is your power. It's your inner authority. It's how you take your power back in a lot of ways is by listening to yourself. And so if your intuition leads you to a sign, then follow it. But if you Mm -hmm. see a sign and your intuition is like, "Mm, no, that's not for me, then don't follow it. Now, if someone is listening and is saying, but I don't even know how to tune into my intuition. What is a first step you would say for someone to do? Start small. I always tell people to start small. Like start just using your intuition like for small things like what outfit are you going to wear? What book are you going to buy this week? Or Mm. small things, small steps so that the larger things, you have some evidence, you know, you want to build some evidence and some trust in yourself that your intuition knows what it's talking about and knows what to do. Hmm. And so, you know, you want to start small. All right. Build the muscle. Build Exactly. It's like you wouldn't start working out with like 50 pound weights. You'd start with three or five pound weights. So you want to start small, small choices each day if you can. Even just like what exercise should I do? What practice should I do? You know, and like you just listen to your intuition. You don't question it. You don't overanalyze it. You just follow it. As we are moving into a new year, 2024, mm-hmm. are you tapping into a feeling of the energy of 2024 that you can share? Yeah. I mean, I think that there, you know, the themes of 2024 are revealing themselves. And I think it is a time, it's an eight year numerology <laughs> of 2024 is eight, uh, the number eight. And it is, you know, I think eight's power. And I think it is a time for people to really connect to their power, connect to who they are post pandemic. Um, it, you know, the, the last year there was such a shuffle. I felt like, like everybody I knew, uh, was going through some kind of transition, leaving a job, leaving a relationship, moving cities, starting a podcast, like whatever it was, there was massive shuffling happening in 2023. I think some of it was a result of the pandemic. Um, but I think that there, there was just this big upheaval and so much transition. And, you know, 2024 is the time where I think people are going to start feeling grounded, connect with their practices. The dust is settling. They can reclaim any power that they lost. 
um, by handing it over to outside authorities. You know, when we were all in all that anxiety and fear in 2020, we handed a lot of our power over without even realizing it to the news, to this, to that, um, to fear itself. And I think that 2024 is finally the time we're going to be really reclaiming our power as a society, as a collective, and we're going to be finding our path. And, you know, there's just a very big theme astrologically of aligning with our soul's path and aligning with our soul's mission, taking our power back, bringing the power back to, we have Pluto moving in Aquarius, which is like power to the people. It's like just bringing back, you know, people's, people's power and, and, and collectively even. That sounds amazing. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's, Let's go it. for it. You know, I'm always reaching for the high sides of astrology. It's like, yeah. I'll, I'll never doomsday. Yeah. You know, and I know a lot of doomsday uh, people out there right now, but it, it's just like, we've got to, we have to reach for the higher energies because they're available to us. And if we collectively do that, then we can not fall into the traps of the lower, you know, energies. Yes. Okay. Let's bring on that energy for 2024. I'm into it. You have the power to reach for the higher energies. I mean, that's the real theme of 2024. You have the power. You have the power. Okay. So that's the theme. On a similar way of thinking, I'm thinking about mantras. Do you have one particular mantra that is like your core mantra for your life? Or do you have different ones that you come back to, to, you know, to to shore you up? I have mantras and I have affirmations, which I guess Mm. are different in some ways, similar. Um, but my, like the mantras that I use are things, my main mantra is like around gratitude. Just Mm. like, I'm grateful for the life that I created and I'm creating. And, you know, it sort of plays for everything from the children I created to the company I created. And just reminds me that I'm the creator of my life and I'm grateful for everything I have created and I'm grateful for everything that I'm currently creating and will create. And so for me, that's like an overall mantra. And then I have different affirmations that I use based upon whatever intentions I'm working with. So I'll set intentions and sometimes I'll set intentions and they stick for like six months or a year, two years. And sometimes I write intentions and I, you know, the new moon comes next month and I go, I'm going to scrap that and start again. New intentions, new month, new intentions, new year, new intentions. And so I'll have affirmations that, you know, are just very strong feeling. I am, you know, statements that I always try to put a feeling word in there, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm passionately doing this or the other thing. And those really see the intention actualized. So the affirmations sort of state my intention in in real time. So whatever I'm trying to call into my life, the affirmation basically states that it's already happened and how I feel about it. Hmm. So what is the power behind affirmations? What is that? Well, I think that, you know, when you state them like this, like I'm talking about, like one of the ones, uh, you know, I'm trying to find a school, school shopping, mm-hmm. you know, in LA right. is like the thing to do. And you have a four-year-old, right? You visit all, you tour all these schools everywhere and <laughs> try to find the right school for, for my son for elementary school. And so, you know, one of the affirmations I, I'm working with right now is like, I'm peacefully dropping off my 
two happy, healthy boys to the school that's perfectly aligned for their energy and potential. Mm. And so it sort of sees the future already. There's a feeling word on peace, peacefully, uh, just because school drop-off cannot be peaceful, as you probably know, in LA. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it, anything, though, you can passionately, excitedly, um, I'm happy and relieved, you know, anything that invokes an emotion is going to invoke a vibration. And so mm. by putting a feeling word in there, you're, you're, you're pulling in your vibration, you're pulling in your frequency, you're changing it, right? So peacefully, I'm creating a peaceful vibration to myself. And then I'm stating it as if it's, it's like already happened. Like I've already found the bright school. It's perfectly aligned for both my sons and their energy. And there I am, you know, in the drop off line and I'm peacefully dropping them off at this school school. And, um, you know, so it's just like, it's, it's already happened. And so by stating it in that it's not even future tense it's present tense, right? You're mm-hmm. saying to the universe, mm-hmm. like, this is, our, this is happening. This has already happened. And then your energy starts acting as if it's already happened, as if it's happening in real time. And so then your energy puts out vibrations that orchestrates everything you need to actually materialize it in reality. So it's like your energy kind of jumps to the the future where it's actually happening because there is no time space here, right? right. And so it jumps to the future and then you're, you know, you're you're pulling that in. Your your energy is shifted already. And so your energy is kind of doing the work for you. It's in the future and it's orchestrating and it's bringing everything you need in real time to manifest this affirmation and make it real. So anyone who is sitting down to write their affirmations for the first time, you are saying to, first of all, figure out what you desire, what you hope for or desire. Your intention, you want to feel. Yeah. And make sure you have a feeling word in there. Mm -hmm. Make sure you have a feeling word in there. Yes. Make sure you, and, and write it in present tense. Okay. And, you know, believe it's already happened. Have a little gratitude in there. And then, you know, you can be very specific with things and you can be a little open-ended. Like in this one, I use an example. I don't say the school. I'm not saying the school name, right? right? And right. and you you could. You could put it there. I'm peacefully dropping them off at whatever school. But I'm saying, you know, the school that's perfectly aligned for their energy and potential. So it's like, I don't actually care which school it is. It's just the one I'm leaving that up to the universe. Like I just, I care that it's perfectly aligned for them. Yeah. Both my kids, which that's, that's the hard part in LA is finding a school that's aligned for both children. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Well, you're putting out your affirmations. So let's believe. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that's a good example because it's, you know, it's a little open-ended and it's the feeling like I just want to feel peaceful. I want to feel content with the decision. Mm. I want to feel that we're aligned. I'm aligned. They're aligned. It's alignment there. Yeah. All right. And it's present tense. It's like I am already doing this. Okay. My energy already believes it has happened. I love it. And so it will make it happen. Let me ask you a question though. Do you ever work with people and they're like, but I don't believe it. I don't believe it yet. So <laughs> what do they do with those affirmations? If someone's like, I am... A, they get some other work to do. Then. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, and a, a lot of I think that's probably why I started doing the courses, just so that we could get deeper into 
what are what are those blocks about? So like in Virgo season, we do the good enough course, um, which, you know, I quickly named and then was like, oh, I kind of like that good enough because like, is there a part of you that doesn't feel good enough for that affirmation? Mm. Is there a part of you that doesn't feel worthy of that affirmation? Right. Do you not feel worthy? Like what is that sort of deeper energy deeper response to that. So that's important. It's important to realize where your blocks are, where your self-doubts are, where they come from, where your limiting beliefs are, what's in your shadows. And, you know, I think that is, it is one of the reasons why I did the courses. So we could dig a little deeper into shadow work, into uh, vulnerability, into your intuition, into your vibration, what that means, you know, what is the vibration you're emitting, um, into like manifestation, like, do you believe in your power to manifest your life? Or do you think it's just other people can do it, but you can't. And why, why do you believe that? You know, Mm -hmm. so getting into those deeper blocks, that's a deeper process, but also very important. Yes. And I like those courses. I've taken a couple and I think they're incredible. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. And so you offer them throughout the year and people can sign up and it's usually what, like 30, is it a 30 day? It's usually 30 days. days. It's yeah. usually 29 days. It's like yeah. new moon to new moon. So we do yeah. them. We start them the day after the new moon, depending. Right. Um, so we'll do a manifestation course that starts the day after the Sagittarius new moon. Mm. Shadow or course started the day after the Scorpio new moon. Okay. And then it goes to the next new moon. Um, and I'm building them out. I'm trying I'm trying to get all 12 done. It's a, quite it. a feat, I have to say. But yeah. the hardest one was the relationship one. Uh, for Libra season, we did astrology and relationships, which that was – that's so much content. This is like half a book of content. Like mm. it's, it's the word count on this course is – out of control. And it took me so, so long to write it. And, um, I was like, you know what, this is, this is our, this is evergreen. People are going to be able to get this course whenever they want. Oh, that's good. So much content. And I was just like, we need to make this available all year round to people. So, cause most of our courses are only Hmm. available in the season that they're themed by. So like shadow work is only available in Scorpio season. And, intuition our intuition course is only available in cancer season because that's you know because i do believe in that framework of astrology to help help work you know with through these topics but with the relationship course i was just like oh, evergreen yeah it's a big <laughs> one it it's a big one it's a big one and i don't want people to feel pressured to do it like within the the season so well it's so fantastic because it's digging in deeper to the good work to the work that is about who we are and how we're showing up, and you mm-hmm. lay it out beautifully. So um, I will link to that also in my show notes. People <laughs> can get in and dig in. Do it. Do it. 2024, do it. Do it. Do it all. Do all the things. We're, yes. we're consuming more content, I feel like. Like yeah. less stuff, more more content. Right. It's like what's yeah. happening. Collective shift. Let's keep growing. Let's keep growing our hearts and our souls and our brains and all of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So I have one more question for you. Okay. Okay. What is one of the greatest lessons you've learned about spirituality? Hmm. I think one of the greatest lessons I've learned about spirituality is that um, your intuition can lead you to things your conscious mind would never want. 
like heartache and betrayal and real and really hard stuff. And you're supposed to go through that and you need to go through that for your energetic growth. And it's a really hard pill to swallow. And, and it's not saying that like all trauma and everything is like meant to be, but it's saying that sometimes there's growth you need to go through in your life to, to, for your energetic evolution and for your path. And it's not going to be fun. Mm -hmm. And your intuition will lead you into the lion's den. And that's just what you need in that moment. And that was definitely a really hard lesson. It was definitely a very, very hard lesson to learn um, where it was like, wow, I know, I know I'm supposed to be here and doing this thing and it sucks. <laughs> and I yeah. don't want to, I don't, my conscious, I don't want to do this. Like, mm. why would I put myself here? Right. But then knowing, you know, in reflection years later, like, wow, that's exactly what I needed at the time. Oh. It's so good. Wise words. Yeah. Jill, you're such a wonderful guide with all of this, with personal development, spiritual development, digging in. You just offer such a beautiful way, a beautiful vehicle for people to to get on board with and dig in. And um, I am personally such a fan. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I sing your praises all the time. So, Thank you so much for being on Hold the Light and talking with me today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. To learn more about Jill Winterstein and Spirit Daughter, including her courses, crystals, and lunar cycle workbooks, visit her website, spiritdaughter.com, or find more on all social media channels at Spirit Daughter. Thank you for listening to Hold the Light. For more information about this episode and the topics discussed, visit our show notes or find more at holdthelightcollective.com or on Instagram at holdthelightcollective. This podcast is produced by me, Lori Gunning Grossman. Jonathan Grossman is our co-producer and all-around sound guru. He also wrote the original music. This podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio in Los Angeles, California. Finally, if you like the show, please rate, review, and share it with a friend. Let's share the light with each other.